Morning, Flocker fans. Hello, Flocker fans. How are we doing? Ah, oh, it's been ages since we recorded one. It does seem a long time. It does, it? doesn't it? Mm. Four or five days. I've yeah. started to go cold turkey. Yeah, we've had a uh, we've had a couple of well, we've had some guests lined up, and they've let us down at the last minute. Oh, yeah. Which was Really disappointing. They were big time guests, but we've but, managed to outdo those big time guests we with have. an even bigger time guest. We have. So uh, yeah, we're joined tonight by uh, an ex colleague of ours. Yeah. Do you want to remain anonymous? I think they'll guess it. And not everybody. So you're scraping bottom at barrel tonight. No, <laughs> no, no. We'd never say that. So you were let down mm. by Lowe's, and so you've had me. Yeah, no, we've surpassed that uh, yeah. that crowd that didn't bother to turn up. Absolutely. But we've yeah. had some complaints, haven't we? Well, a complaint yeah. from uh, my new pal, Mark O'Connell. Uh, he says in his email to Flucker Leaks, not his real name, uh, and he's complaining about the noise. That's why I'm sitting nearer the microphone and trying to make sure that I can be heard. He had two main complaints, really. I think, first of all, he was mentioning he thinks that I should have a series on my own. Is that because you're always... Hang on, hang on, hang on, on stop no, interrupting no. me. Don't interrupt me as I'm getting going. Right. He was saying... Let me just tell you something. Hang on a minute. Yeah, that's what he was that, complaining about. You interrupting me. Yeah, apparently he, he referred to me as the greengrocer. Mm. And he was saying that I had a habit of, especially in the last episode, uh, interrupting a lot. Which I'm shocked by. But the thing is... I'm not. It's not my fault. Why? Well, it's my ADHD, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like the catch-all. That's the excuse for everything, and that's my excuse for interrupting. So, anyway, Mark, sorry about that, old boy. I'm going to try and work on it. And uh, not interrupt so much. And the second one was about the quality of the sound. Mm. And as chief sound engineer, again, I'm responsible for that. So um... it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's not my fault. Maybe um, we should invest in one of those, perhaps a better device to record on. That might be better. So. Well, How about one of those dangling ones, like the old BBC mm. sound people used to uh, to have in front. Um, so. so yeah, we need to get that sorted out. And he's also saying that the exit music is ridiculously loud compared to the entry music. Well, I don't know why that is. Because oh. it's all recorded at the same... So level. anyway, yeah. We'll have to heavily invest some of our huge profits into uh, improving the quality of sound. So sorry about that, Mark. We'll try and do better. And okay. I won't interrupt once during the course of this interview. Yeah, that remains to be seen. Right, anyway. So. So. Let's get on with our talking to our guest tonight. Yeah. So Come on then. Come on then. Tell us about your career. When you joined, where you worked, how Something long you Something I never planned to do. What? Yeah, I never wanted to be a cop. Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I used to work down the pit. Oh, so, hey, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, a lot well, of certainly in, in, in Knott's Police, a lot of ex-miners. Ex well, my age group, it was a bit of a no-brainer, really, because it was £25 a week on a scheme, weren't it? Or you could go down the pit and get 50, over 50. Mm. So I went down the pit. Um... And all hell broke loose. We went on strike. Yeah. Um, so what year did you go down the pit then? 83. 83? Were, were you still working as a miner at the time of the, of the miners? Yeah, I'd only just, I was a young lad. Right. Um, but I was in Derbyshire. So it, they're all on strike. Mm. Um, so I was out of, I was on, not that I wanted to be, because I was only a young lad, I didn't really understand it. But I was on strike for nine months. Ooh. What's up, main? It, oh, right. it was one of the yeah. main main pits. pits. Yeah. Yeah, I got kicked in the bollocks by a met cop one day for doing nothing. That was my introduction to the police. Have you met the yes. mess? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh yes. <laughs> um, then it all resolved itself, didn't it? And then it shut. 
Um, right. So how long were you down pit for them? Three or four years. Three or four years, yeah? Yeah, I went and worked at Ulrich for a bit. Oh, did you? Yeah. What, offshore or? Both, but, on the right. offshore, yeah. Um, not doing anything exciting, I was just a grunt. Right. Um, then the company got bought out, they offered me a job in Spain. Um, so I'm on the doll, and my dad went, yeah, I'll fill them in. It's a good pension. Right. So that's it. That's how I started. Did you have any family or friends in the police? No. So apart from that brief meeting with the chap from the Met, yeah. that was your uh, that was yeah. your only introduction to yeah, policing? Yeah, yeah. I thank my dad for that, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. I got it fire brigade. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. yeah. Was it a choice then between... No, I actually applied for it. It was a choice. I applied for the fire brigade um, whilst I was... I think we're just the strike had finished. We were back, and it weren't a nice place to work after the strike. Um, I can imagine. There was there a lot of rivalry yes, still. Ever such a lot. Mm. They were fighting now. It was horrible. Not mm. a nice place. Um, so anyway, I'd applied for the fire brigade, got the job, um, but then they were changing government, so oh. they stopped it all. Oh. Stopped the recruitment. Oh, so you could have actually ended up in the fire service. Well, and done I it got the job on the fire. I got the letter on the Friday from the police, and on Monday, the uh, fire service went. Recruitment's back on, so it was flip the coin, really. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! So what? What sort of tipped you over to the police then? I don't know really. Um, I'd know. I'd, I'd got to know a few people. Um, a couple of lads, Wayne Dix, Darren, all people like that, and they were in it. And I thought, yeah, I'll go there. Hmm. That was it, really. Uh-huh. There were no great career aspirations. Okay. Um, and with hindsight. Was that the right choice for you? Yeah, I think so, Mark. Yeah, I think so. Um, not not, not my real name, obviously. Yeah, Sorry, obviously, no. yeah. Uh, we'll just call him the interrupter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it, yeah. I've done it, yeah. <laughs> the grocer. <laughs> the interrupting grocer. Uh, yeah. So uh, what year was that then when you... When I got in? Yeah. 90. 1990? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And where did you do your training? At the Wrighton. Wrighton, uh, yeah. Well, no, but my first two days we were at Hamilton House at... Sherwood. Two days? Yes. You had like a, a, a familiarisation. Okay. So I was out with Andy Selby. Um, yeah, that was my familiarisation. Then I went to Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And I think we did, was it 10 weeks you did? Came back to force. I'm going to be wrong. I think it was 15 when I, I think it might have been something we like had 15. T- we, had two, we had two stints at it. We, we went to Ryan, came back to force, and then went back to Ryan again. And then you get into force, obviously. Mm. Then in that two-year period, you had you done PF courses or something. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, and then, then. Yeah. And did, was you doing those locally in in force? In Epston. Epston. Yeah. Yeah. When when we had a training. Yeah, when we had a training school. Yeah. Yes. Well, which was great. That place. It was good. Yeah. Because mm. it, it was residential, wasn't it? It was. Yes. It was great, and it had a great bar. Yes. Didn't it? Yeah. It was many a yeah. Lost a lot of money in that bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was many a drunken night in there. So a lot of no, listeners no. are... Uh, well, hang on a minute. It's not your go. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our listeners are uh, newbies uh, joining up. We're in the process of joining. We get a lot of communications from people saying they're joining various forces. Yeah, we have actually that... Uh, an, a, a disproportionate amount. One would, that was the word yeah. I was looking for. Mm. So, what was your thoughts on the, uh, the selection and recruitment process? Was it a torturous thing for you? Did no, you... It, it, it wasn't. In, the, in my day, it wasn't a difficult process, I don't think. Um, I know there's a lot of onus put on it nowadays on answering the right questions, actually going on courses to get it right, mm. that sort of thing. 
Mine was quite insignificant, really. I remember having to give a, a stand up and give a talk in front of a few gaffers. Um, oh, sorry, then we did a basic entrance test first at Central. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, then I think the next stage was Episton. Gave a talk, and that was just basically on Yobbies, Yaji Fitness Test, and mile and a half run, I think, under nine minutes or something like right, that. Right, okay. Um, that was about it, really. Right. Um, yeah, there were no great um, mystery to it all. So, how long was it from start to finish between you first? I can't honestly remember them all. Not my real name, obviously. I can't honestly remember. No. It, it didn't take, didn't seem to take very long. When I joined, there was quite a big recruitment drive. Um, there was a lot of ex-miners, uh, ex-army, and I think it's so working out that this 30-year period now, mm. they, they're going to lose a lot of staff, aren't they, because so many a lot were of recruited staff. at that time. Mm. Um, so I was part of quite a lot of, in, uh, there were massive mm. intakes. Okay. So I think they were desperate. So it's interesting, yeah. isn't it, that, that despite that terrible conflict that took place in the pits, with the police and, and all that went with that, you're saying that still a lot of ex-miners uh, joined up? Yeah, I think so. Mm. A lot of it about job security as well, wasn't it? You know, when I was, there were jobs that were classed as jobs for life. And from the background that I was in, your pension was quite important, mm. especially in my family, you know, because my mum and dad had not really planned, had been able to plan for the future. Um, Whereas they were watching uncles who were down the pit and things like that who, who were able to plan because they got good yeah, pensions yeah. and things like that. So it really played on my dad's mind. And so that's what influenced me. Yeah. And I think influenced a lot of others, you know, because there was obviously a big change in the pay scales and everything, which made it more attractive just prior to me joining. Mm. Um, so did you qualify for like rent allowance or housing? Yes, yes yeah, which was yeah, great, which wasn't was it? Big yeah, yeah, it's this, yeah. they've just stopped that. I think and of course they stayed with you for the whole for of your whole, career. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and how it's worked out now, I feel ever so lucky that we've been able to. I've been able to retire on the old pension scheme. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I say, it was a big thing in them. In them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that pension scheme is really good. Mm. So. so just a quick question then about recruitment, because we've been asked by a, a listener who wants to know our opinion on Ooh. people joining the police when they're 18 or so 18 really, and a half. I, it was an interesting message, actually, from young Luke. Oh, you got, you got the message? I've got it here right. somewhere. Is it all right if I read it out? Go on. Because uh, it, it, it did uh, bear closer scrutiny. So uh, Luke's saying that he's uh, currently applying to join a force. I shan't say which force. And he was wondering if we could discuss uh, on our podcast, good lad, whether you think there should be a minimum age to join the police. It's his opinion that he doesn't think that 18-year-olds fresh out of school have much independence or confidence and he thinks the career of a police officer is incredibly tough for someone for their first proper job. Uh, he then goes on to say, interestingly, that a friend of his cousin, who is 18, has recently got into Warwickshire. Uh, this is someone who we know doesn't like answering the door, doesn't like phoning the doctors for themselves, doesn't like being in the house on their own without their parents, and they don't like general confrontation. Is this person right to be a police officer? Uh, it seems all that, uh, all that doesn't matter as long as you say the right words in the assessment centre. Well, well done, Luke. Welcome to the world of policing. That, that <laughs> feeling will yeah, follow you yeah, throughout right. your career. To a degree. So when I joined, in, I was probably middle-aged in my group. I was 26 when I joined. There was a few people younger than me, there was a few people older, but there were two 18 and a half year olds, a male and a female, hmm. uh, that, that joined with me. 
What about you? Did, did you? Yeah, it was a cross section. Uh, I got a rejoiner in mine. Um, there was a couple lad from Bedfordshire, mid forties. No. And then there was a, a lad from Notts who got the sack actually uh, quite recently. Uh, he was eighteen. Wrong. Right. I think I was twenty three. Mm. Acted like an eighteen year old. No, 23, 23. So yeah, there was a, there was a cross section. Um, which made it quite a good training centre mm. experience. Yeah. Um, when I landed back in force, I think because of where I'd been, where I'd been brought up and my background, it wasn't such an eye-opener for me as it would have been for some young sure. people yeah. because I'd already been around that yeah. uh, type of environment and I already... Had a fair inkling of what people were like. Yeah. And you tend to find that when you work down a bit because oh, yeah. you know you work with people who didn't wash, who had, didn't feed the kids, who spent all the wages on bandits and all that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. And so you were already in that. Your eyes were wide open yeah. to that sort of society. Yeah. So the things I was seeing didn't come as a shock to me, mm. um, but it did to some. Mm. Um, so I think it depends on the person. But the problem I think nowadays is this is only my opinion, that younger people aren't exposed to as much. I agree. Uh, and I, I, I take that, and expect, I, you know, I've got a 20 year old lad. It's not until he joined the army that he's been exposed mm. to things because his life has been quite mediocre. Mm. He's never wanted for anything, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of his friends are the same, you know. And so I think, again, it's down to the individual. Mm. I don't suppose you can judge everybody on it, but looking at a cross section of society today, I think youngsters remain younger a lot for longer. If that, does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, I, no, I would agree. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, they they have less life experiences, don't they? I mean, I remember. There's ever such a lot of people going to university and that sort of thing, and that mm. only shows them in one aspect of life. Yeah, they're not having to go and go up and go to work at four o'clock in the morning at mm. sixteen years of age. There's yeah. not many of those, or and that's no fault of theirs. You know, those jobs aren't there anymore, yeah. are they? You know, um, so I, I I think the younger people aren't exposed to as much. I think so in general, really, yeah, yeah. The, the less adversity, yeah. less challenges for yeah. them. They tend to be quite cosseted in the home environment, don't mm. they? There's no serious industrial disputes that would you know put those families under stress uh, so yeah less challenges and not equipping them for perhaps the jobs that uh, yeah so out. going back to your thing uh, you know it's i would personally i would like to see the age limit raised somewhat to encompass that yeah. um, that'd be my view on it so when you landed in at your station where did you say you first ox close lane one of the first probationers into ox close lane when it was a new building ah. I landed on a cracking shift. Um, I was tutored by Mark Sherburn. Oh, uh, he's Mark. a decent fellow. He's, he's a, a good lad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah lovely man. Yeah. So, for some of the newbies, I'd imagine they'd be interested to hear about what, what makes a good shift. So, for you, what was it that made that a good shift? It was the camaraderie and the fact that there was a lot of us. Mm. You know, and that, that the, a lot of the, they must miss that nowadays. The backup was tremendous. You know, we had. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Oh, oh, he's had, interrupting uh, again. Wait a minute. I was just going to ask. Stop interrupting the guests. How many would you have on a shift typically? Because I, I well, know how it ends up now. Well, I, 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 I was close to lame. 
there's got to be at least ten of us. Oh, it's brilliant. And oh, then great. you'd have four or five down at Arnold High Street. Yeah. You'd have a couple down at Sherwood. Because we used to cover up to Mapley Road at that time from Oxcliffe Lane. Um, and you had your own control room. And then you had the, the uh, VHF, uh, which the traffic officers yeah. were. And you had your own dedicated traffic yeah. cars. Um, you know, if you got sent to a job from the divisional control room, you knew that they were sending you to a proper job because the people who were on your shift were permanent operators for that area. They knew all the tow rags, they knew all the intelligence, they knew everything. Yeah. So if, if you'd ever questioned, it was Bob Brownley, our control room operator at the time, as soon as I am. And if Bob sent you to a job, you went. You didn't ask. You didn't ask for any information because you didn't need it because before you got there, he was giving it you. Yeah. And then you knew that whilst you're in there, two or three cars were going by at the same time outside mm. that you've not even sent to it because they've got the staff. And that created, it created camaraderie. Mm. Um, and you had a laugh. And I bet you felt you could go to any job. Oh, without it was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, my first patch were at best with the state and you walked then. Um, you didn't get a driving course for the first two years and you had to walk. And my inspe inspector was a bastard as well. Um, and he used to make you walk. Is, I mean, but in a good way? No. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in, you're horrible. You're horrible. Right. The worst, first inspector I had, he was the worst. Really? Oh, right. The worst, he was horrible. Mm. Other shifts, and I've, there was a couple who were on it, who I've since worked with after really good gaffers, but mm. he was an arsehole. Well, that was him. Promoted, I guess. You know, I, he, went, he ended up at some training centre or something, um, doing something. He, he was an horrible man. I could tell you some stories, but I, don't, I think we'd have to... We'll get some more Editor, beer, Daniel. We'll have to cut it. We'll get some more beer, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a light man, not mm. by me and not by other inspectors, okay. incidentally, mm. as well. But what about your sergeant, your first sergeant then? Brilliant. Brilliant, that's yeah, good. brilliant. John Allen, uh, lovely man, one of the force divers. Um, lovely man, John. And then I had a few after. Uh, Chris Thompson, people like that. Mm. Chris, one of the only men to fire at somebody around you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got me into a bit of trouble. Dave Roberts, Dave Effing Roberts, you're a good lad. <laughs> why? Um, <laughs> any particular reason why it's Dave Effing Roberts? Well, there you go. Well, I'll have to get Dave on. Dave's a licensing <laughs> officer now, I think. It's pretty sure he's like that. Effing license officer. Effing yeah. license officer, yeah. Good man. <laughs> yeah, you got me into a lot of trouble, he did. Stuart Kinton. Stuart Kinton, Stuart, he taught me a lot, Stuart did. Um, Who were you tutored by then? Uh, Mark Sheeran. Oh, tutored yeah. by Mark Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. That must have been a good experience. It was a good experience. Yeah, yeah good, good steady cop, Mark was. Yeah. Um, really solid bloke to work with. Um, who else did on the shift? Spud Murphy. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, me and Rob Harris, we were good, good partners together. Um, who else? Andy Jackson. Colin Wilson. You know it, Colin? You went to be a DC, DC up, works that way. Colin Wilson? Big lad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mick. Um, Mm. What about um, Steve Fish, Steve Bayton? There's that many on shift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's only about eight or nine more people than there were on a shift at Newark generally. Yeah. <clears throat> but then you had your, your permanent beat officers as well, didn't you? So each area they'd have, have so many of them. Um, best would it would make black and several others, um, and it was just Edwards Lane and have one. And this was extra to your yeah. uniform res response staff. Um, so it, 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 was just, it was better. Yeah. And, and it was because we had more people. Mm. Um, 
and you still had time for your squads and everything else. Okay. What about females then? Did they have many females in in the police? Yeah. When you joined. Um, yeah, we're getting more and more. More and more. Yeah, yeah, we're getting more and more. Um, our shift in particular, I think we had two. Yvonne, Yvonne Dale. Might have only been one on our shift. Oh no, Cathan. Hmm. Yeah, Cath. Can you remember your first job? I can actually. Can you? Go on. My first job was on the two days uh, introduction that I spoke to you about with Andy Selby. Really? Yes. Uh, and we went to um, the hotel on Watkin Circus at Carrington, which you know, and he made me a resting man for abstracting electricity. <laughs> 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 yeah, he was a doster. He was a down and out in this old derelict hotel. Oh no! I think he wanted a warrant and all this. Brilliant. That was about it. That that was my first abstracting. Oh, good rest. Yeah, yeah. abstracting yeah. electricity. Yeah. yeah. Widen to me to. So that was your first job and your first arrest. Yeah. Like your first yeah. job. So we weren't down there. I had to talk about boxes. it at Wrighton. Yeah. Yeah. Fab. Yeah. I suppose you were the only one that had nicked anybody at that stage, then. Perhaps was actually. Yeah. 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 Fabulous. So how long did you do at Ox Coast then? About five years, I swapped with Pete Danes. All right, Pete, yeah. Pete wanted to come this way and I wanted to go to Mansfield Way because I lived in Mansfield. Right. Uh, so I swapped with Pete and I ended up going to Kirby. Um, Kirby? One horse town. Mm. Enjoyed it. Is that right? Yeah, all right. So I'm assuming it's a smaller shift then because it's a. Yeah, smaller shift, shift about four of us. Um, mm. So you had Sergeant and four at Kirby, one um, at Selston, and then I think maybe about five or six at Sutton. Right. So you tend to work together in this one. Yeah. Yeah, good. I enjoy it. Right, good, good sergeant there, desk turner, mm. inspector of cracker, filler, real probably best inspector I've ever had. Really? Yeah, good man. For mm. um, yeah, all for his troops. Good and his troops. Yeah. So for somebody non-police or somebody joining up, what makes a good boss, a good inspector? Right, his troops. I looked after him. Interested in the welfare. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that, I mean, I had a <laughs> good happily actually. Uh, our son was born quite premature and unexpected um, and I was coming on earlys one morning um, for a job pre-planned operation or some crappy drugs thing that what I'd organised wife gets rushed into hospital um, they settle her she's going to be fine you can go home so I get home two hours later they ring me again um, you need to come back to hospital. Looks like baby's coming. So I'm not bloody old. I'll just drop into Mansfield Nick on way and I'll see duty inspector just to tell him, look, we've got this job planning morning. I can't do it, sorry. You'll have to pass it on. And this duty inspector, I was in a bit of a panic, you know, big experience into it. And he mm. looked up from his desk. He's taking units. <laughs> 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 no, as your wife. Yeah, he wasn't serious. Was he serious? Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I take a unit. Oh no. I'm so pretty imagine going. Yeah. Yeah. He chased me out at Nick. Oh really? I saw that sun door in his face. <laughs> chased me out at Nick. Deservedly so. And I thought, oh, that's it. I'm done now. I'm sacked. Yeah. Anyway, so 
they were born next day, adopted to Kirkby, and uh, Phil Hurst sat there with the chief inspector. I don't think he's up for it. It's an And the first thing that this chief inspector turned around to me and said was, Congratulations, Lee. I understand you've got a healthy baby boy. You can go to the hospital and see him whenever you want. And I looked at him and went, and take the notice of him. Is his brick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. So Ooh. Phil Filler had primed him. Uh, yeah. Told him all that. And, mm. and luckily they came down on my side. Yeah. So, but that was Filler. That was yeah. the measure of the man. It was all family. And when I left, when I actually progressed in and I left Kirby, he sent me a lovely letter, which I've still got. And that's what a gaffer does. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, and I, I treasure that letter. Yeah. Because it's it's nice to have that. I've not had that since. Mm. Uh, he thought the world of his staff. As long as you thought of it. Yeah. And you looked after it. Yeah. So, but yeah, mm. it was it was it was personal. Mm. It was a personal book. So anyway, I, time at Kirby, then went down Salston for a bit on my mm. own. Quite like that. Right. Yeah. Was that on like response or being? Yeah. Or was being, being yeah. Hot? It was on response. So. Um, as I said, you had so many at Kirkby and one down at Selston, um, who was one of the Kirkby sergeants. But the difference between working at Kirkby and Selston, you weren't on the local radio down at Selston. You were on BHF, so you're out right. of limb because they couldn't get the signals down. Yeah. Yeah. So it had its advantages. Yes, I'm sure yes, it did. Yes, it did. Mm. Yes. yes, on nights, you'd rip up down motorway, put 60 miles on clock and get your head down for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was out on patrol, honestly. Did you ever have nights when you didn't hear a thing? Yeah. Did you? Set in. <laughs> <laughs> how far did you do from home? Uh, how far did you work from home then? About six miles. Not too far then. Yeah, not too far. No. Yeah. yeah, that's handy. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, don't get me wrong. We had some good jobs down there. Oh, I had yeah. some cracking jobs down there. Um, what are any particularly mem- memorable ones? From yeah, there? I was one of the first uh, panda cars to be allowed to pursue a car over a stinger when they first got stingers. Right. Yeah, and he lobbed about four hundred thousand pounds worth of drugs out the window. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that was good. I'd been pursuing it around Salston. I'd been watching, I knew who it was. Um, seen him come out, I thought I'd have him, but there were a couple more in the car. So this was in a time when you could actually pursue things? Well, yeah. Yeah, no. Well, weren't apart supposed from to. not using that word, yeah, you follow was Yeah, there. you weren't supposed to, uh, if you weren't trained. Um, we'd been doing it for years, though. I think the unwritten rule was as long as you caught it. It didn't matter how many police cars you smashed up. Best, best one of the best. We used to have two pursuits a night. It was, it was just a yeah. section. It was fantastic. But yeah, so um, they just got nobody to come to me, so I was pursuing more around Selston. And then one of the traffic guys come up and lobbed a stinger out outside Bentinck Mine as well, so just as a lot bag out there. And he didn't catch you as well? Uh, no, funny enough. Excellent. That's always a bonus. Mm. Yeah. So they were, uh, they were both, well, how many in the car? Two or three. Yeah, um, all nicked. Yeah, one for robbery, I think, one for an armed robbery from where I was in the road. Oh, that's a good Brilliant. result. Mm. Yeah, we had some good results down there. Um, some good results. I've been, I've been quite lucky in, in my career. I was... I couldn't write about it, but I could catch it. Mm. And I was quite, quite good at catching it. Um, yeah, I've had some good jobs. So what happened after Selston then? Yeah, I got on dogs. Went on dog section? Yeah, I got on dogs. I've Brilliant. tried six times now. Six times. Yeah, six Hang times. On, you must have known somebody on dogs. I didn't know anyone. If you, that's why. No. That's why you couldn't get in there. Not even. Right, not yeah. even though he was on VHF. Yeah. Well, that's what got me on right then. I think. Ah. Uh, uh, so you tried. So you so it, but it worked from going up brown. There was in and stuff like that. No. Because I didn't do that. Okay. No, I got there on my own merits. 
Um, I think it was just because I was doing a lot of jobs and dog like was saying, yeah, good lad, he keeps turning up stuff for us. So how many years did you have in when you got into the dog? Ten, just ten. All right, so you knew what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I decided it would be my last attempt. If I weren't going to go on sixth, then they could sod it. Did you put that on the application? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stuff you if I can't get on this yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, six attempts to get on dog section then. Was it six applications and six interviews or was it... You did no, I think I had... Two interviews. Right, okay. Yeah, I got two. Because one person who got on, I used to work with. Now better than him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he knew something. <laughs> well, he knew, what, he knew the yeah, right things yeah, to say. Yeah. 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 So, on the second interview, did you, before that second interview, have a bit of tutoring in what to say and what not to say? No, I don't think I did, really. Uh, because it weren't like that in them days. They either wanted you or they didn't. Right, okay. Um, and that was the same for most jobs. It was like whilst I was apply when I was at Oscars, whilst I was applying to go on the dogs, CID office manager were taking the application forms out. Sorry, sorry, now we're going to put your suit on. You're coming in CID on Monday morning. Oh. Uh. That, it, that's how it was. Mm. Um, it did change, obviously, uh, but the illness was different. You know what it's like. So back in that time, then did you get approached? Did you CID want to have you? Did they approach you? And back in that day, wasn't the CID was a bit more of a, a bit of kudos, wasn't it, to be on yeah, there? Well, it was well, I used to lock a, lot of, lock a lot of people up, and I knew I'd turn up some good jobs for them, and, and they never had to come back to me for any further evidence. Right, that's good. Um, so they knew who they wanted. Yeah. Um, so I was encouraged. I didn't want it, it weren't me. I, I, just, I, I couldn't sit and interview people. I just, was not my cup of tea. Mm. So they lock them up. Lock them up, then somebody else. Yeah. That's very much a dog. Yeah, the only thing I remember any good, any good at catching yeah. folks. I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. So you got ten years in. Yeah. Six attempts, successful on your sixth on your sixth attempt. Went on dog section. That would have been about two thousand then, would it? Two thousand, two thousand one ish. Two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. And did you see the rest of your career out on dogs? I did. Right. Okay. So what I don't want to do is talk. I don't want to talk too much about dogs now, because we want to do another one with you about just. Solely about dogs because right. a lot so of now I'm running out of people to talk to. Though. No, no, no. Now, while you're here, though, we're going to ring every little bit out of you. <laughs> we might do seven or eight podcasts with you tonight. You've not got anything planned until two in the morning, have you? Yeah, how many, how many dogs did you have in total? Well, we're talking about dogs. Well, I was just going to say, that's oh, how many podcasts just, we could yeah. do. Oh, yeah, yeah, we well, can go through in detail one <laughs> each dog. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Right, so dog section until you, until you uh, left, until you retired. So, how many, how many years do you do in total now? Maybe 18. 18. Right. Cool. Okay. That's good. And would you do the same again, or would you have changed anything? Would you have still gone on the dogs? Would you have wanted to do things differently, gone to different teams? Did it all pan out pretty well, much as you Yeah, no, I think it did. My, my career suited me. Um, I enjoyed every bit of the frontline policing that I did. Um, I didn't enjoy it so much in my latter years on the dogs, but that was only because I was training in office bound. Um, but every bit of frontline policing I did, I thoroughly enjoyed because I was at the shop. And you know, when I when I with the opportunities that we got when I was probationer at Oxbow Lane, we were doing uh, vice squads on Friday and Saturday night mm. for the overtime. Oh, right. You know, because we're boarded onto Mapley Plains and things like that. Yeah. And it, 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 it was it was uh, Mapley Plains, Mapley Road. 
and that was that's not afforded to them nowadays that sort of thing no. <clears throat> um, so we, we got all that type of experience working in the city <clears throat> I come to wish for a better place well I say city you're born in the city yeah. the, the work was phenomenal it was non-stop you know um, do you often migrate into the city when you call time, home, yeah, yeah yeah all the time for public order yeah, and public order yeah. and the, you know I, I go back to the pursuits again you were having two or three a night sometimes at best week sometimes more um, and they, you didn't stop it when you, you just carried on, carried on yeah. um, and we used to get massive support off the traffic department um, you know because that's where they all used to come yeah, yeah. Um, because they wanted that sort of yeah. work yeah. so it was just non-stop well, we had, I had murders people pulling guns out on us all bloody sorts it was great loved every minute of it mm. I think I, from People, I've been talking. You know, you talk about these people, and a lot of the jobs you actually forget because you've had that many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any yeah. times when you thought to yourself, "God, I'm in a really bad position here." For some reason, I'm really <clears throat> back up. Were any times that you feared for your safety? Any times where you thought, "Yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times," but I think it all depends. Not, not so much in the early stages because like I said to you you've got a lot of people around you but when I was down at Selston I had to work differently yeah um, and wait I did it curbing uh, because I mean at one time on my shift this is no disrespect to female officers because I worked for some good ones there but they were just me and three females and policing you had to police different you know yeah. you've not got two big lads to the side of you I got two women mm. um, and they deal with things differently to men so it, it, it was there's a lot of times you'd have to alter your style. Uh, but being on the dogs, it's all confrontation. Mm. You know, people say to you, well, you, you never met not many decent people. It was terrorised all the time, isn't it? Mm. It's great, I loved it. Mm. Um, and the ba- dogs are quite good at backing you up, generally. Some are, not all of them. Oh. I've had some of them this year. Oh, we'll come to that. They're all good. Yeah, but, I mean, interestingly, what you said, I, I was fortunate enough to work in the north of the county. Uh, and when I first started, we had a shift, I think it was uh, seven and a sergeant for workshop, which was a which was a big number, but it did dwindle down and end up, I think we were lucky if we could get five. It was a good day if we got five. But, you know, we covered a big area and quite often, you know, you'd be down to sometimes three and a sergeant or even just three and a sergeant would be off. No back up, up north. Mm. I remember, you know, having to learn to use the old yeah, in the yeah. front of my head no, more, right. than yeah, yeah. My, more, more than yeah. my fists no, and, my, right. and my UDT and my batons um, and in fact I, I remember once asking for some backup there were me and another cop asking for backup and the nearest thing they had was a dog in South Yorkshire <laughs> that was it yeah, yeah. how long's the dog going to be? 20 minutes it can be over by then we'll be brown bread <laughs> you know yeah. so you've got to learn to use your mouth quickly but and then the difference when I went to work in the city it was immense you know you had a bit of trouble and don't forget yeah, at the time the division. Uh, I think we were we were we were a division. I can't remember how it was then. But you had the same at Hucknall because Hucknall was under Ball. Then you had the same at Radford Road. You had the same at Colm. And so if you needed that, they just come to you. Tsunami so you've got the same. Cops. Yeah, it was yeah. a tsunami of cops sometimes. Okay. So what what top tips would you give anybody that's joining now? Did we cover that? Yeah. Because we've been asked about oh, top yeah. tips. So oh, yeah. have you got any top tips for anybody that's joining or thinking of joining? Policing's changed, though, hasn't it? Now? Well, it has, yeah. But I mean, so for example, get a good torch. 
<laughs> property. Make sure you keep your yes. Do your pocketbook so nobody else can read it. Nice. That was a tip I was given day one from an old lag was yeah. if you can read it, then uh, it needs to, it needs yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yes. Do, do your best shorthand so when they take it off you in court, they go, right. Yeah. yeah. What else? Don't get caught swearing at members of the public. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have any complaints? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds? I, I, I left Oxclose Lane to A Division with 16 live complaints. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an impressive talent. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, well, ranging did from, you get accommodation uh, for that? Ranging from buggery. Really? Yes. <laughs> really? Apparently it was alleged that me and Chris Thompson had had a lad over the custody desk and buggered him. <laughs> <laughs> was there video evidence? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did they mean actually buggered all? Yeah, did yeah. they actually yeah. took that complaint. I think they did it for a laugh. Is oh, that the yeah. only one that's still outstanding? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still ongoing. Theft, theft, assault, all sorts. Oh, yeah. Well, you get complaints just for dealing with folks at one time. Mm. Yeah. But, the, I mean, I remember my uh, sergeant saying to me very early on in my career, if you're not getting complaints, yeah. you're not doing you're your not job doing properly. Is, was that the same yeah. sort of ethos? Uh, and and, 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 and to, what, to a certain extent, that's quite true. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you're getting in people's faces, mm. um, rather than just fire brigade policing, because that's a lot of what they do nowadays, isn't it? I had the opportunity yeah. to get into people's faces. You target yeah. people. Yeah. As a section officer, you have time to target individuals. Yeah. Harass them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I remember, again, my, my first sergeant saying to me in the station, I was doing some paperwork, and he come up and he put a picture in front of me, and he said, do you know who that is? And I went, yeah. And he went, well, get your, pa get your paperwork, get a panda, and go park across his drive. <laughs> So he can't get his car off the drive. Yeah, yeah okay, so I just did that. Complaint, can somebody move this panda out of the way? I want to get the car off the drive. No. <laughs> no. Well, you had a lot of paperwork to do. Exactly. And uh, yes, yeah, so, you know, I remember getting stuff like that. But the cops just don't have time for that now, have they? They haven't. No, and I feel sorry for them because they're losing some skills with that. And it's, it's not their fault. Um, hopefully it's going to get better. I hope it gets better for them. Mm. But yeah, so I had, I had the best of times. Did you ever work with the shifts that you, you, you named a number of shifts there that were good shifts that were very supportive? Did you ever work in a shift where you thought, oh, this this isn't quite what I was hoping? No, no, I've landed pretty well all through my career with with decent. You always get the odd one. You know, yeah, that's the, you know, and and everybody can name that those individuals. But the shifts of people that I've worked with throughout my career have been really. Yeah, that's good. Especially mm. on the dog section, I landed with some cracking cops. Did you? Mm. Yeah, some real old lags who knew the stuff. Who put me on, Yeah. You know, who taught me. You know, when you're at that stage and you think, oh, we know everything about police, and then you meet somebody like John Warwell. Yes. Yeah, and I work with John every day with my shift partner, you know, and, and yeah, that's, yeah. A bit of a legend. No, no. Mm. Yes. No, I've worked with cracking cops. So when you left, did you have a plan when you left of what you wanted to do? Was that, or did you leave and think, well, I put my feet up for six months? I mean, re re retiring? Yeah. Um, no, we, me and my wife had always wanted to move to the country. Um, that's what we've done. Bought a damp house. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the joy of yeah, living out in the country, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that I'm just doing it. Um, hmm. And so I've done that. I think about doing something else. Okay. Yeah, jolly good. Mm -hmm. So we've done top tips, done that. Obviously went on to dog section, which we'll we'll talk about later. 
Um, any any do nots, do not do this, do not do that for the potential newbies? Or No, I think some things have to remain secret, don't they? I, th- I think that they have to learn something of themselves. Yeah, okay. Um, Policing is all about learning. Perhaps we yeah. should try a Room 101. So a room one hundred and one, we're thinking about starting as a regular regular spot. Is there anything in policing at all that should be binned, that get rid of completely? So just, just we did have a brief conversation about that. What? Tell me what you said you'd get rid of. Pace. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. You just brought that in. Yeah. <laughs> it's been nothing but a, something that gets in the way yeah. constantly. I'd get rid of um, neighbour disputes. Oh. Sort of say itself. Not interested. They could be some of the most vicious neighbours. I, I used to go to one in Salston. She was a pain in the arse. Repeatedly oh, ringing repeated up. Repeated neighbour. Mm. Oh, God, it was horrible. Pain in the arse. Yeah. Mm, 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 bonfire. Oh, Certain inspectors. All right, yeah. yeah. We've had that one, haven't we? Yeah, we've had that, yeah. Yeah. Crap cars. Oh, yeah. There is no need to have rubbish cars in this day and age. Um, Why should... Officers responding to jobs driving hundreds of miles do it in family saloons. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for the benefit of our listeners around the world, what automotive joy have you had the pleasure of driving since joining the police? What have been your so what, yeah. shit cars? Start. Yeah. What yeah. did you do driving course in? First, what standard driving? Yeah. Course. That'd have been the um, escort, I think. An escort. Yeah, and we had a Peugeot. A Ford Escort. Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be the latest mark no, with it either. No, not no. standard. Um, Fiestas we have. Little Fiestas. Andy for getting prisoners in the back? Yeah. <laughs> not? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a diesel Sierra at any point? No, no, no. Traffic had Sierras, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, they did, yeah. Sierra Cosmos. Mm. No, on section, no, I was never privy to... It, it, was, it was just, it was a challenge just being able to get in a car, wasn't it? Because, like I say, you didn't get a driving course until you got two years in. Mm. And, of course, the, the lights were the LED flashing lights oh, no, now. No, no, it was no, that no. single revolving yeah. blue light. With the three buttons on the uh, yeah. dashboard. Pull out one for the light, one for the sign, one for the stop sign, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and then when I got on dogs, we had... My first was a... We'd just got rid of the escort bands and we'd retained one unmarked van. Um, and then... We escort bands? Yeah. We were treated to Ford Mondeos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they were really good, the first lot, the Gear X ones. Uh, they were nice cars. Um, then they had the next lot they bought were, I think the, the Elf Mondeo, which was a step down. They weren't very good at all. The Gear X was a well equipped yeah, car, wasn't it? It was a nice car. Yeah. Um, then we had Skoda VRSs, and that didn't hard piss the firearms lads off because yeah, they, they, they were fast and yeah, they, they were yeah. good cars because yeah. they go as all advanced courses yeah. yeah that were good yeah. yeah we just kept smashing them up mate yeah. drive them like they were stolen that's right yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right yeah. yeah and then that was it that, that's well, and then big transit vans mm. with about six dogs in there yeah yes so you said you ended up uh, as a trainer I did yeah um how long did you do that for? Was that through choice? Um, I was asked. Um, I tended to work on dogs once you've got some experience and you've, you've got a little bit about you, you then, 
it's natural progression. Um, just so we could keep the experience and go on a course. Um, become one of the dog police dog trainers. Um, I was asked by the person who was in charge at the time, wanted to do it part time. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll have a go. Well, then that part time turned into full time. Um, about 2013, I think. And then I did that for a while, then EMOX came. Worst thing that ever happened to dogs on. That was a roaring success all round, wasn't it? It was shit. So, for the listeners, EMOPS was uh, an amalgamation of um, yeah. local forces, wasn't it? Around Four forces. Four forces. Their, their operational support services, mm. wasn't it? They didn't include yeah. everything. Um, but we. The problem that Knots had got within this, the dog side of it from the EMOPS collaboration was that there was nobody of any clout representing us. Whereas all the other dog sections brought supervisors, etc., and Knots didn't. Mm. didn't have any. So I was a trainer at that point, and the history between us and one force in particular had never been very good. Um, and that came to the fore. It got me into a lot of trouble. Um, but I was lucky enough to gain support from a chief inspector down from Northamptonshire who didn't like him either. Right. Um, it was all down to one sergeant. Um, do, do you have any idea why this historical yeah, cause it's shit. problem had taken yeah, shit. place? The, the standard of the police dog is absolute shit. Oh, right. That's not going to help, is it? No. And if I was, knowing what I know about dogs, if I was a taxpayer, uh, council taxpayer in that area, I'd be asking for my money back. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a you had it, it, yeah. it first. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, get your claims in now, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure there'll I mean, be a company that will I, represent I, I will, you. I will quantify that by saying the person that made them rubbish is now retired. So, hopefully... Things might be on the up. Yes. Uh, Brilliant. Uh, oh, in fact, they've got to be. Because it couldn't get any worse. It couldn't get any worse. <laughs> I'd love to hear the advert for that on, on TV. You can imagine that. Yeah. Have you had your flight delayed? No, no, no. <laughs> Have you, uh, have you got a shit police dog in your area? <laughs> if you have, you could be liable to claim. Yeah. yeah. But no, there were, um, and there was no end of problems. Okay. So, well, so apart from the dog section then, any jobs particularly stick in your mind for any reason before you went to the dogs? Is, was it, did you see something traumatic or something that was hilarious? Anything that, that what, if I said to you, tell me about a job, which one would it be? Traumatic. Before you went on dog section. <sighs> things that stick in my mind. Yeah, there's a few things that stick in my mind, and, and it, but different things come to mind at different times. Yeah. I mean, for instance, the other day we were watching something on the telly about homeless, um, and it brought back a memory of an homeless chap, you know, a sudden death that I went to. Okay. Um, you know, it, nothing traumatic. It was just. There at the time, yeah, thought, oh, yeah. bloody hell, yeah, that happened to me in mm. 1994. It was a big old fat, fat, fat uh, homeless chap who's called Santa Claus. He was found dead at the church at Nottingham Graveyard, there, you know, at the top yeah. there. Um, turns out that he had refused the ambulance, he had appendicitis, peritonitis, and died in the church where we were just sleeping at night. And I went to the sudden death, um, and we couldn't find out who he was. CID took it on and managed to trace him back to somewhere in Lincolnshire. It turned out he was a teacher. Um, and some lady in Lincolnshire paid for his funeral. But he got 150 quid on it. 
when we found him, and it was wrapped in, in an article that the Union Post had done about him. Mm. And he got it and not spent it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It was just one of those things that yeah. just sticks, sticks in your, your mind. mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, traumatic. Yeah, like quite a lot. Mm. I've had him off for so long as we are. With people saying they know where you live and actually mm. knowing where you live, mm. and oh, damn, yeah. how does that make you feel? Um, how does it make you feel? Well, it makes you shit yourself, really. But it's part and parcel of the job, isn't it? Mm. You know, I used to be being left over to it. Um, me and a female cop, this was around the corner from me, and we'd done a job on some individual, uh, followed us home, I dropped her off. I went to the shop to buy anything, get some milk or something. We got a phone call. Uh, are you alright? Yeah, why? Because um, yeah. we just dropped off. There's just uh, had a tap up window and just pointed a gun at him. God. Um, you know. Of course, Bestwood's the home of yeah some notable uh, organised crime. That's, that's what it was called. Mm. Right. Um, and that's a that's a credible threat, isn't it? Yeah, that's probably credible threatening. Mm. Um, so I had a radio at home with a little bit. Um, were you married at this time? Yeah, just got married. Kids? No, no. sorry, we weren't married, we were living together. Right. Yeah, um, but my wife was a cop. Well, my now wife, it's another yeah. cop. Um, what other job was I had? Came in with a pedal world and blew his bollocks off. You know about that one? Hey. <laughs> yeah, it rings yeah, a bell. Yeah, well, there were two, several notable family, families on Bessel Estate, and they were always fighting between each other. Uh, we're having a briefing one night, and Sergeant says to us, running, says, right, get sent to Deerstalk pub. So everybody on shift on mass went to Deerstalk. I went out back, and I'm coming out back, Keith Penwarden and his sidekick, William Wood, come out, and Keith put his hand down his trousers, pulled out a sort of shotgun. And as you pull it out, it went boom. <laughs> <laughs> and the a tragedy. Flew up there, yeah. And, uh, as I was administering first aid. <laughs> and chuckling. And chuckling me off, yeah. A big hole in his leg and half his bollocks missing. Really? That was unlucky. Yeah, well, to this day, I don't know whether it, what it did, it, because he pulled it out, whether he were going to pull it out to, or just get rid of it, or point it to yeah. me, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was a notable one. Bullseye. And then, yeah, the so whole, everything just went mad. Oh, and this yeah. was my introduction to John Warwell. Right. Everything went mad. And it, it turned out that it had been in a big argument at Paul, there were loads more too, but there was a, the lad, we had to nick for his own safety, it was a lad called Vincent Rowan Miller, Terragula Parish, and we had to arrest him for his own safety. While we were doing that, um, John Morvell, me and John had got hold of him, John had got his dog down on um, Padstow Hill, so he got it down, in, in a down position. Yeah. And I kept turning around saying, John, your dog, and this dog's commando crawling. across <laughs> <laughs> the floor. And all of a sudden, it's gone over my arse. Oh no, yeah. So I've got a ring. Me and John are trying to cuff Vinnie Miller. There must have been 30 people wanting to kill Vinnie Miller, and everybody else was keeping an end back. And I've got a police dog on my arse. So that was my introduction, introduction to the dog section, yeah. That's what happened to that. I quite like <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. How good were you at, um, obviously, with the exception of that, where you had to have the alarm put in, etc., but how good were you about coming home and not? thinking about the jobs, thinking about the bad things that you've seen. Were you always always able yeah, to leave I've it? I've always had a good support network in my life. Um, because she'd sit and listen, and I think that's important. 
so I'd have the first hour and just went bleh, and then that'd be it. Mm. Um, so would you encourage people to share the things that they share? It's down to individuals. I was, I always dealt quite well with things like that because I think with the personality that I've got, I, I was able to take out some frustrations at work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I was in a fortunate position to be able to do that because I think chasing and running around after people makes you a... don't take much thinking about, does it? No, mm. like shelling peas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, if you did have something, I've, I've had a couple. Um, one that I don't mind admit, I had a bit of counselling for. Uh, but it wasn't because of the job; it was because of what I did to the individual uh, at this particular job, which I didn't think I was capable of doing. So that bothered me more than the job. Somebody tried to stab me with a screwdriver. Um, but that was when I was on the dock. So well, we can talk about that in a bit. Eh? We talk about that in a bit, yeah. Do you think within the service itself, apart from with your partner that you'd share things with and get it off your chest and stuff, do you think the actual police service itself was able to offer you enough support in your role? Or yeah, in difficult I, times? I, I think so. I, I, yes. I'm not, I'm not going to criticise the police service for that. They've always been very good, in particular for the dogs, because dogs has had some quite harrowing experiences where... Um, people have needed it so we've already we've always had a good um, relationship with occupational health if that makes sense I think they've always been acutely aware because of the stress and strains of that particular role um, they've always been acutely aware of what the needs of the dog section um, you had a guest on a while ago, ago and mentioned Hilary Pierce bless her mm. um, she was really really good to us and hopefully that's not changed you know hopefully that's not changed with all the cuts and everything else um, but yeah I can't complain about the support I've always had good support from the Fed I've always had good support from occupational health because uh, you needed it mm. yeah, you needed it we spent a lot of time there lots of complaints you needed that yeah you know mm. and, we, and we got it so no I've got no complaints about that okay well, it's been Brilliant. a pleasure well hopefully you'll come back and join us in a week or so for part two and learn about uh your life in the dog section. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fabulous. Well, thank you very much. Well, I think it's time to pop Dr. Oscar. Oscar. Cheers. Cheers.